Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Zero Ducks Given, a cricket podcast. And I'm very excited to say that we are joined by a special guest on this week's edition. I'll tell you more about that in just a sec, but we've got an England... 2020 and one day series to look forward to. Stephen Finn has been taking wickets. It's still not scoring any runs or hitting any sixes, but he's been taking wickets. He's actually been playing and bowling quite well, as much as it pains me to admit it. And Daniel Norcross, well, he's just been Daniel Norcross. He's been drinking far too much and he's lost. Where are you, Daniel? I, I, I don't really know, to be brutally honest with you. So I, I had these like three back-to-back tests. So the two men's tests, the women's tests. So I'd like, like for me, 14 days work out of 18 is like that's like a whole year's work in three weeks and uh, and I was exhausted by it and Catherine said at the same time we need to go on holiday before you have to do one day international so she booked the holiday for the day after the women's test so I had to go from Bristol back to London and then it turns out that what I've done is come straight back in exactly the same direction into Devon and it's in the middle of Devon and it's between a couple of moors and it's been pissing down with rain and uh, I've come on holiday by mistake, basically. Right. Um, some really kind of like dangerous feral lunatic is about to hand me a hair. I feel like I'm in like in the middle of Withnell and I all over again. It's it's a little bit spooky, but I did have the best buttermilk panna cotta with rhubarb sorbet I've ever had in my life last night. So, <laughs> well, you know, there are there are, there every, are palpitations. Every cloud. Can you, I mean, you imagine how strange the people must be in a town where Norcross is going, oh, people are a bit weird around here. Although that, right now, right now, all the townsfolk have got together and they're going, have you seen this bloke that's moved in down the road? Strangest creature I've ever seen in my life. He keeps, he keeps eating the rhubarb. Anyway. He looks like his wife dressed him. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say. Well, she did. Wife, <laughs> your wife who meticulously plans what you're going to wear every single day, but she can't plan a holiday for toffee. I know she did it again for the women's test. And, and the descriptions of the sock colours were even more impossible to understand than they were during the previous men's test. I mean... <laughs> There were like colours that did not correspond at all to anything that was in front of my eyes. It's been a very stressful week for me, actually, Toby. So um, 
I'd rather we just take the piss out of Finney for the next 40 minutes, if that's oh, that, okay with you. That could be arranged, and we've got somebody help, to help us out with that, which I will explain more in a sec. But first, Stephen Finn, look how smug Finney looks. Look at him. He does, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Look at him. Look at him leaning back, hand one hand on his head. It's because I've got my mate here with me this week to take you two on. So. <laughs> I don't think he's going to... He's not going to do that for you, Finney. That's, that, no, that's not what I'm he's hoping, on. I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> Let, let's introduce the real star of this week's podcast, the one and only Mr. Sam Billings. Hello, Sam, mate. How Ooh. are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Finney saying he's trying to be my mate for this next 45 minutes. So he's going to do the complete offset and try and take it down, <laughs> isn't he? Let's be honest. So, uh, but thanks for having me on, guys. Um, look forward to it. Well, it's lovely well, to have been you here. Trying, mate. We've been trying to get an England cricketer on, on this podcast for a long time, so it's um, it, it's great. Well, you've got the head waiter for you, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least you're at least you're in the squad. At least you're in the squad, Sam. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. we have to put up with. Let's put up with Finney's whining and then sending us an, a video of a six he's hitting second eleven cricket. I mean, come on! Yeah, against a against a sixteen year old who incidentally won man of the match in the blast. So you know exactly. Get you up I the say. order, Finney. Get you up the order. Uh, very much so. Yeah, absolutely. We we should mention at this point that whilst Finney has been bowling well, you got run out off the last ball of the game the other day. Finney, talk to talk to me. Were you were you at the non strikers end? Did you hit the ball? Talk to me through the whole scenario. No, I hit the ball and because we are a decent way adrift of the uh, South group at the moment at the bottom, I was thinking the net run rate, <laughs> if we were to haul ourselves back up towards the um, the promotion places or the uh, the knockout places, that every run may well count. Right. And I think I needed 24 off the last ball of the innings against uh, Glamorgan hit it straight to the minus Labashain at mid on and uh, and tried to run two and got run out by about half the length of the pitch. Giving the Australians confidence. That's a lot giving the Australians confidence about six months out from the ashes, Finney. Come on. Yeah, but that's after he had to pick his off stump back up out the ground. So. <laughs> oh, just <laughs> hey. that one in there. <laughs> <laughs> it Here hasn't taken go. long, has it? Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well look, come on, come on, Finney. Let's let's uh, let's have your moment then. So Stephen in case you missed it, T20 blast figures, four overs, four for 19 against Glamorgan, including Manus Labashane and Dan Dalfway, who I want to talk to you both about in a few moments' time. But come on, Finney, talk, what, what were you doing well? Four overs, four for 19. I mean, that doesn't happen by accident. Come on. Well, actually, Labashane, I, I actually can't be credited with the wicket, I don't think. The over before Chris Green was bowling, the Australian off spinner, and Labashain like jumped miles outside leg stump. Like I'm talking like almost off the cut strip. Green bowled the ball and then Labashain like jumped back inside it. And the umpire didn't give it wide because had um, Labashain stayed where he was, it would have just hit him. But as the ball was halfway down, he jumped inside and then he, he got a little bit irate with the umpire and the bowler. And they had a big discussion in between the overs. And then the first ball that I bowled to him the next over... I think he had a frustrated swipe trying to hit me back into the cathedral at Cardiff um, and missed it. So I think it was more other things that contributed to his wicket than any particular skill of mine. I literally just bowled it straight and it, and it hit the stump. You know what I'm hearing there, Sam, and to pass this on to the England lads ahead of the tour in Australia at the end of the year is getting to Labashane's head. He doesn't like it. He's, he's a bottle job, Marnus Labashane. <laughs> bottle job. <laughs> um, there we go. That's a quote now, isn't it? Um, 
Jeez, he's playing well at the moment as well. So I'd take that wicket and run, Finney. And I'm surprised you didn't say pitch leg hit top of off. So yeah, um, <laughs> no, we've got we've got to play him again in a couple of weeks. I'm just I'll wait till after that one when I can't bowl at him again. Then um, then we'll. Then and we'll you'll probably chance. give him a little send off, won't you? Yeah, go on, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, the thing about Labashain is, I've always thought, like, you know when like, you do a sort of pub quiz where they take the forehead of one person and the, and the eyes of another person <laughs> and the chin of yeah. a third person? Marnus Labashain looks like every single one of those. <laughs> <laughs> he has a composite head right. made up of Got 83 you. other people's heads. Coming from Brad Pitt himself here. By yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> it's about my age, Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> we we should. Well, we'll I'll get I'll, on social media. I'll divide your face up into three halves this week, and we'll and we'll try and get people to name. We'll get separate the sections of your head and which celebrity they look like. Now I want to speak about a uh, Dan Dalfwaite, who uh, plays for Glamorgan. The reason I want to ask you about him is. He played for my mighty cricket club, the mighty Stoke Dabbin and down in Surrey. And he's a bit younger than me, but he took a couple of wickets against Middlesex. And Sam Billings, he, he, he did for you recently in a game as well. How did he get you out? He bowled, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I had a bit of a swipe, but yeah, it was actually this week. Thanks a lot. I just, just got over that. We're about to play in Cardiff the, the next few games as well. <laughs> And you just had an argument with the umpire. Was that what it was? Yeah. No, I'm very well behaved, unlike some people. That's cool. Um, yeah, he bowled the ball before and it kind of went through the top in terms of bounce. And so I gave myself a room and tried pulling the next one and it kind of did the opposite and rolled through and hit the top of leg stump. So, yeah, trying to have a dirty hack like Marnus Labashay. Only two things we've got in common, really. I was going to tell you something about Dan Daffy. Last year, we had this coronavirus cup. We were aware of it. So the cricketer got a bunch of county cricketers, including Tim Ole, I think he did it, a bunch of others. And they were playing video game cricket. Yeah, And me and Henry Moran and Ali Mitchell, we commentated on it. So like we, we got we got the, you know, we basically got video game cricket and we treated it like it was a proper T20. Dan Douthwaite won man of the match three times. I think he took Glamorgan to within an ace of the coronavirus cup. I know Dan Douthwaite's work. I've seen it. And it's in his kind of virtual reality sense. He's a fucking brilliant cricketer. I was going to say, so he wasn't operating the cricketers. He was just on the no, game. No, 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 no. tearing shit no, no. up. That's right. Other cricketers operate. Tim Hall, incidentally, was absolutely terrible at it. But <laughs> <laughs> a couple were quite good. And uh, yeah, but Dan Dalthwaite was was like he won them about three matches for Morgan. Well, normally football manager back in the day, I'm sure oh, we yeah. all played that. What a game! Still, what do you mean back in the day? Have... I played it about two days ago. Don't you worry, Sam? <laughs> so, I'm still on it. So does Finney. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they normally tip up people well, don't they? On that, and then they end up coming stars. So there, maybe um, Mr. Norcross, you've tipped him up, and all of a sudden he'll, mm-hmm. he'll be tearing up, and well. Well, he's already already is, by the way. He's the next Freddie Adu, is he? Dan Duffway, the next Freddie Adu. The next Freddie Adu. DC United, what signing? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so Dan Duffway, so when he played for my club, uh, there was talk of this kid in the the youth team that was, yeah, this this kid's a serious cricketer. He's going to be a good player. And I was there as the senior first 11 bowler, been in the first 11 for a few years, you know, taking the first over. And uh, I went to Fabric on the Friday night and I, I stayed up all night and I went straight to the game at 10am 
And I bowled one over naught for 17 and then went down to deep fine leg and threw up and stayed there for the rest of the game. And Dan Dalfwaite took five wickets that day, aged about 14 in the first 11. And I always felt like our, our cricketing careers at that point was the moment that it was a fork in the road moment. And now when I see, when I look at the scorecard and he's taking wickets against you two lads, I was like that, that night in fabric. I reckon if it weren't for that night in fabric, I reckon that'd be me on those scorecards getting you checks out. I reckon you so, could have been a contender, Toby. You could have been a contender. That fabric nightclub's got a lot to answer for over the years. Uh, well, Finney, anyway, begrudgingly, I, I have to say, mate, well bowled four for ninety. Now, Sam, as uh, Finney is, you know, in the form of his life, let's be honest. I do want to genuinely ask you about how you feel going into this England series because we were chatting before we pressed record on this podcast, but I mean, you've probably spent more time in a COVID bubble than, than pretty much any man on earth over the last year. And, uh, you know, you you were with the England squad at Edgebaston last week. It must be difficult to get any rhythm going with the bat at the minute because it's just, you're constantly in and out of bubbles and in and out of formats and in and out of teams. Is it a nightmare to prepare for? Um, yes, in a word, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've played... I've had three innings this summer, this English wow. summer, which sounds pretty ridiculous mm. um, considering how much cricket has already been played. So, um, yeah, for me, it has been frustrating, of course. And I was very close to playing in the IPL before it got called off. And um, I think two things, really. The COVID bubbles, it's just a thing that we've had to kind of get used to and get your head around and make the most out of, really. But uh, from my point of view, I'm at the age now where I just want to be playing cricket and I feel like I'm in kind of, well, certainly last summer was my breakthrough season really in terms of uh, my best performances consistently in an England shirt. So I wanted to kind of continue that momentum and it's mm. kind of halted a little bit, but uh, who knows, hopefully get an opportunity this week and kind of kick on again. Well, we'll be rooting for you, Sam. Now, the sad news came out this week that Ollie Stones had another injury setback and everybody here wishes him well. Obviously, really frustrating for him. Every time he gets into England fold at the minute, he seems to, to have a setback. Um, but very disappointed to see you, Sam. And if you could have a word, now that, you know, Chris Chris Silverwood's pretty much in charge of the whole selection thing, we've got a bowler here who's taken four for 19. White ball, Finney for England, Sam. Have a word, he's your mate, isn't he? <laughs> Get him in. <laughs> Absolutely. He was, I mean, he's, he's still poster boy of English cricket. That's what exactly. he tells me. Anyway. So, um, get him in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think with Stoney, it's obviously really, really upsetting for him. He's he's kind of come on leaps and bounds as well. And I think he's a serious bowler, as, as Finney will probably attest to as well. Finney's probably the man to ask in terms of bowlers with injuries. And it, it really is a tough time. I've only had one serious injury with my shoulder and, yeah, that was that was really tough to kind of deal with mentally and and also physically, of course. But to do it over and over again, the, what the bowlers go through, it definitely changed my perspective. Seeing these guys kind of go through it regularly, and it really is no one really sees that stuff as well. It's kind of we'll read it in the paper, and then uh, they're off to kind of deal with it themselves and rehab on their own. So I really do feel for Ollie. Like I said, he's a great lad and um, a serious bowler as well on his day. So. Uh, fingers crossed he recovers quickly. There, there seems, I, mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but there's Toby Rowland Jones, Ollie Stone, Joffrey Archer with a, with a different injury, but with, with elbows. And you'll hear like the older cricketers going, oh, in my day, we could bowl a thousand overs a, a minute. And it, it causes no trouble at all. You know, I, I can bowl fastest I've ever, I've ever bowled. I can bowl constantly until the, the dawn of the next civilization. 
as Fred Truman would believe. And I never got any injuries. Well, they all basically bowling at like 75 miles an hour. Are we, are we asking bowlers nowadays to do things that are essentially physically impossible to repeat over and over and over again? You're about the only person of your age in the world who believes that they did bowl at 70 <laughs> miles an hour because any crusty old bloke that I speak to now, they, they all say uh, they bowled 150 miles an hour all day. Jeff Thompson will quite happily tell you yeah. that he hit the sight screen on the fall after bowling bouncers regularly at the Wacker. It's fucking yeah, at, at the Wacker. It never happened. Yeah, at the Wacker. Even at the Wacker. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen. But yeah, it's... Like you look at, at the grounds, right? So when you go, all the cricket grounds, they have like old photos and pictures and paintings from the past. And you sort of walk past it. And at Glamorgan, actually, where we were this week, there's like the championship winning teams and this and that. And it's got like pictures of the slip cordon. The slip cordon looks about seven yards away. It looks like Steve-O. steve bowling. bowling on mounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, there's a good chance steve was bowling in those photos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He probably was, and he's still getting wickets. I've never seen an ovation like it when steve came out to bat against Middlesex last week. It's like fucking David Beckham walks out onto the pitch, honestly. Darren Stevens comes to the wicket, and then the whole of Kent's there screaming and shouting. Do, do, do you know what, Finney? I was backing you up as and saying Finney for England, but actually, screw you, Finney. Come on, Sam. Steve-O for England. <laughs> just one game. Just one game. Have a word with Chris and say, look, mate, give, give the people what they want. So it was at Lords, <laughs> that Lord's, um, that test match against New Zealand a couple of weeks ago, and I said to um, Rudy, I go, how many wickets does Steve-O need to get to get a look at Because <laughs> he got another five for that. And he goes, and he just shook his head and laughing. I go, well, come on. If it, if it was a 25-year-old doing it, he'd be straight at the side. That's so um, true. But, yeah. And he's got Marnus out twice. He's got a Travis head out. How else did he get out? Yeah, the one, one, of the, one of those, one of the Marnus ones. I know, don't get me wrong, I love it whenever I see an Australian out, especially a, a big name one. But Hitting middle, wasn't it? It, well, it was the middle of another set, potentially. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, was a, it was a terrible decision. Absolutely. Agent Billings, have a word with Joe Root next time you see him and give us an answer. I want a definitive, how many, with the wicket target, and I want Joe Root to shake on it. The wicket target. <laughs> <for> Steve, <laughs> you know, like if he takes a certain amount of wickets with summer. Imagine. Steve. Imagine the scenes. Oh, <laughs> imagine this. You'd have county cricket as shoulder and arms to him just so he got a game. <laughs> yeah, 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 I would. I'd be like, Steve, oh, I know the score. I know the score. <laughs> well, actually, actually, hang on a minute. I mean, both Kent and Middlesex are doing really, really badly in their leagues, aren't they? So, if Kent not, not in the 2020, in the, thank you, Daniel. Not the, 20, not the 2020s, Sam, but, but not the 2020s, but in the county championship they are. So, it, when you get down to the third division, the bit that you'll both be in later on towards the end of the season. <laughs> Sorry. When, when Kent are playing Middlesex, then if Middlesex just sort of agreed to lose 16 wickets to Steve-O, I mean, if we, if we get the shake, if we get the handshake, we get the handshake from Root and what Steve-O needs is, I don't know, perfect, 55, 60 wickets. Yeah. You know, Middlesex yeah. has got, there's no, there's no, you've got no skill in the championship game. But well, what have, you could do is you could elevate Steve-O to the very top, which is where he belongs, which is where he deserves where, to be. And also, the way he's going, you know, I know they'll say, oh, it's too short-sighted to put a 46-year-old in the England team. They'll get 15 years out of him. 
They'll get nine Ashes series out of Steve-O. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Steve-O. You joke. I reckon he's thinking, oh, I can play till fifth year. This, this lot. Who am I playing with? These lot are rubbish. Come on, I'm carrying it. What are you going to be doing? What are you going to be doing at 50, Bilbo? <laughs> we'll, we'll be having a pint in a pub somewhere. It's just I hope so. After Watford and United. Probably yeah. Watford beating United again. Correct. I had to get that in there before you're going to bring that up. <laughs> well, now I need to go to... So, you know, I messaged our Zero Ducks giving WhatsApp group earlier and I said, you know, Finney, your mates of Billings. Any, any questions you particularly want to ask him? And uh, and his first one was, yeah, why is he so bad at football? Well, <laughs> so, that's just a false accusation, isn't it? That you've <laughs> never spoken so much rubbish in your life, Stephen. He, lo- he looks good. So you could you look at it, he looks good, but the end product, honestly, <laughs> sort of, it's so frustrating. It's like, you know, those blokes in like the conference north yeah. and they've got all the boots yeah, yeah, like yeah. they go to the shops and <laughs> they buy the boots yeah and they go oh, they do all their fancy warm-up they've got their socks pulled over their knees right. like everything no, fits perfectly i'm a no-nonsense sentiment builder man oh, no nonsense. you're the most nonsense <laughs> i've ever come across i'm picturing a sort of adult to wrapped just sort of no end oh, product see butler <laughs> butler called me adult <laughs> a couple of years ago yeah there we go um well, you so, know Finney well enough. He chats absolute garbage. That's why yeah. we get on. So uh, don't, <laughs> don't believe a word he says. So you base it. So you base you base yourself on sort of Paul Scholes, do you? I mean, with the hair, the central midfield, the, the playmaker, <laughs> the fish breed. <laughs> see, see what he did there, David Beckham on the right wing. <laughs> That's in the same podcast. We've compared Sam Billings and uh, Darren Stevens to David Beckham, which is there we go. Impressive. <laughs> What about Finney? Come on, Billings. Finney is a footballer. I'm picturing a sort of centre back with no turning circle whatsoever. I'm picturing a sort of... Alan Hansen, they call me. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he's trying to change roles over the years. Like I remember, I think it was 2015-16 when we actually played football as warm-ups, and it was the best part of the week, by the way, every single morning. <laughs> yeah, by far, we had some epic games. He rated himself as that kind of Dimitar Berbatov right, kind of roll-up. <laughs> Didn't move much, but get it to his feet and he'll try and back back into people. And yeah, he wasn't, uh, to be honest, he wasn't that bad. I want to really slate him, but no, um, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fair. He wasn't that bad. And actually when he got eyes on goal, he, he wasn't, yeah, he was quite clinical, quite clinical being the key word. Leslie, like when someone flights the ball up on a length, it's going for six. <laughs> <laughs> you, long- you show me a gap in the corner, it's getting slotted home. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, an unbelievable carry on as you'd expect when he did score. Oh yeah, I've- celebration. Yeah, I, I, I see him so much more as like Gary Pallister. You know, like Gary Pallister always used to look absolutely exhausted three minutes into the game. You know, there'd yeah. be a corner, and already his face had kind of melted into contortions of weariness. Yeah, and that's how I that's how I sort of see Finney. I didn't realise he was like he's up front. He's like the sort of no, it's Dion he's Dublin. Like a Spanish it's unlike Dion Dublin. No, I'm like Dublin. Dion Dublin. So when when you want me to, I'll play up front. But then when it's required for the boys, I go back gotcha. and help out. Yeah, it's just the ultimate team. Basically, when me. you got too tired to run, <laughs> yeah. Much, yeah. <laughs> the ultimate team. And man. you're going to and you'll end. You'll end up on Holmes under the hammer, which is a, a beautiful thing. <laughs> that should be a wonderful job. I, I, I tell you, because we've got Jermaine Genus doing the one show, we've got Dion Dublin doing Holmes under the hammer. It's got what? What happened? And also, I need a new agent. I can't get any of these gigs. 
Unbelievable. You escape to the country, I fancy. Oh, I, I reckon I could go for a bit of Finney on escape to the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually watch that, to be fair. <laughs> Billing, Billings, have you, have you ever thought about, you know, I mean, you're not going to go full Darren Stevens and play 250. Have you got one eye on when you do hang up those boots? Bit of, bit of country file? Country farm, no. Um, I'll probably be on the farm, to be fair. Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. I just want to play some cricket first and then we'll yeah. see. But yeah, I'm not going to be doing a Darren Stevens till he's 50. No, there's absolutely no chance. On that, were, were you, I mean, I know we've been very frivolous here, but were, was it a bit irritating to be called up to the England squad when Ben Folks did his hamstring and you're in there as a wicketkeeper batter who bats at 6 7? And then he didn't get a go even then. So you're like brought back into another bubble. You were taken away from more cricket. I know, I know it's an honour. I know it's great to be part of an England squad and all that. But it must be kind of frustrating to be denied even more innings, either in that game or in county cricket. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Finney will be able to kind of attest to this, that when you're not playing cricket and we, we do enough watching of cricket, um, kind of, I'm, I'm not a young young bloke anymore I need to just be playing and enjoying mm. the game really and um, look you always give as much as you can when you're 12th man and around the group um, I think that's a very important um, thing to do is is to kind of give to the environment but um, yeah like I said I just it, it's frustrating because I feel like I'm in the best kind of part of my career really and want to try and maximize that I mean Dan Lawrence being, I think he's 23, is he? 24. He's played more comfortably more first-class cricket than I have now. Um, and I'm seven years older than him. So, wow. yeah. um, I, again, the other positive for me is that the a couple of years ago when I did do well for the championship side and, and got all those runs, actually knowing that I'm not too far away now from the test, test team and actually having that carrot dangled a bit closer um, actually really makes me hungry to get into that team. And um, who knows, folksy, folksy benefited from me getting injured a couple of years ago. And it's just funny how kind of things work out. But now, it, who knows, you've got Butler as number one and then there's, there's a spot really up for grabs as the kind of backup keeper. There's an Ashes coming up. And yeah, like I said, it only takes one injury and you could be in there. And I, I believe I've got the game to, to do that, really. So, so just a, so a quick follow-up on that, because it was a bit of a story this week, wasn't there, that they, they say that maybe only 50%, 60% of people will be playing multi-day, men will be playing multi-day format cricket in 10 years' time. That's sort of the idea. And that actually people are just getting a bit sick of four-day cricket. You don't sound like you are. You sound like you actually, you're hungry to play more of it. Absolutely. It's... It's definitely the most challenging format of the game. I think uh, challenges you in very different aspects to to the one day game. And look, I, I feel quite a little bit frustrated in that I've probably been pigeonholed as a white ball kind of slogger and uh, this innovative batsman. When actually, you can't do any of that stuff without the base basics of the game being being pretty sound. So for me, I, like I said, I'm just I just want to be playing cricket, any of the formats really. Well, you know, you know what did it is because you slow, you swept Stuart Meeker into the gas holder at the Oval. I was there for that, <laughs> and from that point on, because that, that was when Stuart Meeker was bowling genuine wheels. Yeah, and and you went on the front foot and swept him well, out of the ground. 
When you do that kind of thing, you're obviously going to be pigeonholed as a white ball cricketer. Yeah. That was your problem. You should just be defending it back to the ball. Exactly. <laughs> Stephen Finesque. Yeah. <laughs> well, that does remind me of the first time I ever bowled to you, or maybe the second time, the T20 at Canterbury. Do you remember? <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday, Steve. Oh, here we go. Come on, give us the... And I, I want to hear Finney's version first, and then we'll compare notes with Sam. Yeah, okay. just uh, beep out the expletives. Oh, don't worry. We don't yeah. have to on this pod. It's fine. Don't no. worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, I, I'm bowling, right? And I, I'd been playing for England a decent amount at the time and uh, and was bowling decent pace. And Bilbo comes out and he's like, he's obviously a very, very good young player. You'd have been young then, though, wouldn't you? You'd have been like 18, maybe. No, a bit older. A bit older. 21, I reckon. Yeah. So young. Like, and... <laughs> And he walks out to bat and it was right at the end of the innings and I'm bowling Yorkers. And he like he starts walking across the crease trying to fucking sweep me. No one's ever tried to sweep me before <laughs> at this stage. And I sort of stood there looking at him thinking, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you actually said that as well. <laughs> and luckily that day he didn't connect with any, but I remember watching him on TV because we, I didn't really know Bilbo then. Like we hadn't been in squads or anything together. And I remember watching him on TV after that and he was sweeping the fuck out of seamers and lashing at Mars. And I was like, Jesus, I'm, I'm glad I didn't spray him too hard that day because because one day it could come back to bite me. So, yeah. he, oh. when, when you two have played against each other since, obviously your mates now, Sam Finney, is he, does he give you a smile when he's bowling? Does he go as grumpy as he, as he, as he looks sometimes? Hey, Finney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, well, I try and smile at him and he's, you know, he gets grumpy and agitated, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, when did we last play against each other? It would have been a while ago, actually. I reckon it was a four-day at Lords in oh, yeah. 2017 or 18. Day. I think you Richard. smashed me everywhere. Yeah, you smashed me everywhere, <laughs> and you won the game. Oh, and no. I'd have been grumpy. Yeah, you bowled a. Well, you trying to get it up there? You trying to be? Yeah, go on, <laughs> go on. You could set it. I, I bowled I was... a floaty half volley. And I'm hitting the ground. And you're like reacting this and that. Oh, <laughs> not happy actually, because I think you got. I think you might have got five for that game, and we knocked them off eight down or something. Um, I got 40 or not out and it was quite a close game. It was a horrendous wicket, Lords. And um, yeah, you got very agitated. You bowled quickly <laughs> as well. Yeah. Oh, it was it's always weird when you play against your mates though because you want to get them out but then you know deep down you're just like giggling with each <laughs> yeah, exactly. other because you'll be sat in a coffee shop like 48 hours later and be like, oh, do you remember when you did that? <laughs> Thanks for that floaty half volley, Stephen. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always so awkward. So whenever I've played against him, Butler's another one. Like I, can't, I just can't help but giggle when I look at them when I'm playing against them. So like, if we ever play each other on TV and we're bowling at each other, like look closely because you'll just see the corner of our mouths. Like. <laughs> does, that, does that genuinely... Like, does that take the edge off or put the edge on? I mean, just just genuinely, like, if you're playing against someone that you don't really like and you've got a bit of animus against, do you get, like, a kind of, right, I'm going to knock your block off, but that, like, makes you bowl worse? Or if you've got Sam and you think, I'm going to have to be in this coffee shop in two days' time and I do not need him being smug and pleased with me, is, it, is that extra motivation? How does it work? 
Well, then it's the other way around as well. He doesn't. He really doesn't want me to get him out because as a bowler, <laughs> you always have the <laughs> ultimate. Yeah. You always have the ultimate thing of being able to send a batsman off, and he's got no response yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's out and he can't do anything about it again. So and it's such it's... a coward move, a send off, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> oh, and the thing is, people send you off when you chop it on from a wide cut ball, and the game's done, and you're like, "Oh, you are an absolute muppet." <laughs> They all count, baby. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what the threshold is. How many runs does a batsman have to score before? So, I mean, if Billings goes and gets 200 off 150 in a four-day game, and then you snick him, nah. then you snick him off. He's <laughs> one. Yeah, he's getting sent. He's getting sent off. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Chopped chop on on 200 off 150. Fuck yeah. off Back to the pavilion. Billings. Fuck off. Go and put your Beckham prayers on again. <laughs> show pony. <laughs> Look good though. Yeah, exactly. Look, look the part. Look the part. Uh, well, Sam, mate, I'm gonna. I know that you. Uh, you've got a uh, 2021 day series to look forward to, but we're all rooting for you. We hope you get to play some cricket over the next few weeks. We'll be looking out for your name on the scorecard. And Finney, as Sam's your mate, as it gets towards the end of the season, and he's playing some four day stuff, and there's the Ashes around the corner. Bowl some of your floaty half volleys and get his <laughs> get his runs up, so we can get him in the England squad for the Ashes. Yeah. In Division 3, yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> see you there, Steve. <laughs> Sam, and we'll be in a coffee, coffee shop two days later. No yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam, mate, absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us, mate, and come back and chat to us again as well. Cheers, lads. Thank you. Legend, Bilbo. Cheers, Cheers mate. No Cheers, worries. Mate. Enjoy. Sam Billings there, lovely guest, and we'll all be rooting for Sam. I think England fans in general are rooting for Sam because I think they appreciate the fact that he scored that brilliant ton last year and then and then since then he's not a much chance to, to continue off the back of that, but we'll be rooting for him this summer. Um, now, this actually leads me on, interestingly, to uh, this video that's been going around on Twitter this week. Now, I'd imagine, Daniel and Finney, you've both seen this. I've never been tagged in a video more in my life, but... Illingworth St. Mary's Cricket Club. And this is one of the beautiful things that so many club cricket games now are being filmed, which never used to happen. Three, four years ago, you never saw club cricket online. Now it's everywhere. So you may have seen this video going around. Uh, bowler comes in, left arm over, bowls it on a bloke's pads. He sort of swivels and hits a six over sort of wide, deep, fine legs, square leg. And rather than looking elated at the six he's just hit, you just hear an almighty crash. And it turns out that he has just smashed his own car windscreen and interesting i've only ever played in one game where i saw a car get its window completely smashed i mean obliterated there was nothing left and the idiot was parked right in the mid-wicket mind to be fair and the man that hit the ball into that windscreen was cousin of sam billings tom billings in a lord's taverners game and there's a beautiful uh, line of photos of tom hitting the six tom being a very nice chap like sam is absolutely mortified that he's just smashed his car windscreen. But I'm at the non-striker's end laughing my head off because I thought it was a beautiful thing to see. Check out the video. I'll retweet it on Zero Dots Given. Finney, you must have, you know, in the outground days and stuff, you must have you must have seen all sorts of things getting broken on the over the boundary rope in your time. Yeah, I've seen some seen some, well, not just that, but I've seen some strange things at outgrounds. Um, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, but the We've got some big hitters in our team, namely Paul Sterling. Um, he probably hits the ball the furthest out of everyone. And in a lot of the grounds, for some reason, the car parks are literally on the square leg or mid-wicket boundary. And, and people park their cars there. And yeah, I've seen Paul Sterling put a number of cricket balls through people's windscreens and then just be like, 
Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so annoying. It used to happen when I was playing club cricket as well. I played on a tiny, tiny ground at Langnery Cricket Club, where the car park is also right on the pitch. And and yeah, there were just every weekend someone's car would get biffed. So yeah, to the point where people were almost consciously trying to hit it either side of the car park because okay. it, it was just fraught with danger. I mean, it's it's um, Norcross in your club cricket days. You must have, I guess it was when you were playing club cricket as a youngster. It was horse and cart. There weren't cars yet, were there? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Deserve that? No, I was, I was no. I'm 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 young enough to play against the Green Party before, you know, after they be- were the Ecology Party. I'm that right. young. Right. So okay. it, was about, it was about 1994 and the Green Party came to the old Elanian CC. And I was still drunk from the night before, quite <laughs> genuinely. I was about 26. I was, I was absolutely on it. I was wired and ready to rumble. And uh, the first ball at one o'clock was bowled by this left arm over bowler right at the arc. And he bowled this filthy half tracker and weirdly I swiveled and pulled it and it had one bounce and smashed straight into the, I mean it wouldn't have been a hybrid but it had been the equivalent of because it was a green party and it smashed the windscreen and <laughs> I've got to say it was one of the most satisfying, well no, <laughs> sorry, it was the most satisfying thing I've ever done in my entire life and I've never done it, I've never done it before, I've never done it since <laughs> and I was so excited that the next ball he bowled the same ball and I did the same shot and top edged it up in the air and was caught at mid on. So I was out, I was out for six off two ball four <laughs> off two balls. <laughs> the first two balls in a match. So yeah, I mean look, there's nothing better, is there? There's nothing better, but everybody at Cricket Ground loves yeah. it. The noise. Yeah. Hey! yeah. But when it's your own car, when it's your own car, that is you can't beat that. That's I- just awesome it's a wonderful video and uh yeah check it out i will retweet it on the zero dots given social media account if you haven't seen it already there's half a chance if you listen to this podcast that you've already seen it we will quickly review the uh brilliant uh england versus india women's test as well but first finney looking ahead for you mate loads of fixtures coming up essex surrey sorry only just realized that you got surrey in a couple of days friday 25th of june norcross's Norcross is they're really weak. Ground. They're really weak at the moment because they've lost both Currens and Roy. They're out there. So they're there for the taking, Finney. They're there oh. for the taking. I'm hearing excuses, Finney. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'll relay that to the boys um, when I see them at training tomorrow. It's, we've, we've obviously had a poor start to the tournament. We've, we've lost four out of five. Um, we've had chances to win in, in three out of the four games that we've lost, but we've not taken those opportunities. So, yeah, it's been a disappointing start, but there are positive signs there for us. So I'm hoping that with a few days off and we can draw a line under the five games we've had so far, move forward for the rest of the tournament and just pick up momentum because actually a lot of the time the teams that go on to win the tournament don't actually start like a house on fire and you build momentum as you go through the tournament and and I do feel as though we're obviously aided by the other teams losing their England players. And we're fortunate that we only lose one in uh, in Owen Morgan, who's obviously a very important player for us, but we only lose one. And Surrey lose a number and a few other teams lose a number too, such as Sam, who we just spoke to there, who are important players for them. So hopefully we can capitalise on that and get a bit of momentum with our young team and, and just enjoy playing cricket and try and put on a show because... Actually, the one thing since we last spoke that has been really apparent is just how much fun it is playing in front of crowds again. Yeah. You sort of 
forgot how soulless the games felt sometimes in terms of atmosphere when we were playing in empty stadiums last year. But even six or 7,000 people at Lords actually did feel like about 28,000 last week. So that, that was so much fun. And hopefully that can continue for the rest of the tournament and a bit of momentum and, and we can have some fun with it. Yeah, and they've announced as well there's going to be bigger crowds at the England games coming up as well, which is very, very exciting. Now, Finney, I mean, we've mentioned your bowling, but Norcross, I don't think you quite understand how well Stephen Finn is bowling in the blast. He's got 10 wickets. The most in the tournament is 11, which uh, Van Beek at Derbyshire, Naveen at Leicestershire have got as well, and uh, Cook at Essex. Finney's got 10 wickets. And uh, do you have any idea what you're taking them at, Finney? Come on, you know your stats. Come on. I actually haven't got a clue. It's not Really? That's not the important one, no, because the average in T20 is not actually that important. Oh, your strike rate's important and your economy rate's important relative to the games you've been playing in. So, um, yeah, my, my average is not something that I actually look at in T20. Well, I can tell um, you it's, it's 16.7 it's... is what I can tell you. Oh, so he's gone for he's gone for 167 runs. Yeah, he's going around the park actually. When you look at yeah, he's going around the park. Yeah, it's, it's, but it is interesting you say that because that's going to be the currency of the hundred. When we get to the hundred, bowlers are not going to be measured in wickets really, even though wickets are important. They will initially, in the early stages, when you're trying to explain the game to people, it's going to be about how few runs they've conceded. That's going to those are going to be the guys. So it's going to be economy rates. Constantly. So, what is your economy rate? I've, I've just worked it out. It's, it's, it's not pretty. Eight point, it's eight point seven or something. Eight, I think eight, that's which, not bad, is it? That's, that's well, right. uh, when you look at the times of the innings that I've bowled and the games that we yeah. played in, I think three out of the five yeah. games the opposition scored two hundred. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not yeah. shocking, but I always strive to be better, and I will be better. Oh, that, that I promise you, boys, with both bat and ball. Oh, how about I like that. that. I like yeah. that. I should mention that uh, George Garton has been called up to replace uh, Ollie Stone, though. Eight wickets for 67 runs of an average of eight or 13 overs. That's not bad going, is it? So fair, fair. he's knocked on the door and he's got his, uh, his just reward. Right, let's move on to the wonderful advert for the women's game, the women's test match between England and India. Dan Norcross was there commentating on the whole thing. Now, I'm, I, I will whinge. I'll mention it now. I'm, I'm whinging about the fact that it wasn't five days long because it was set up to be the best fifth day ever. It was perfect, but the game it ebbed and flowed. Uh, we mentioned Eccleston last week and uh, we gave her a huge hype up last week and she absolutely delivered. She was she was absolutely superb. Um, Dan Norcross, what an advert, not just for the women's game because that's in uh, you know in great health at the moment, but specifically the test match format in the women's game. As good a test match as you could wish to see. One of the best drawn test matches I could ever remember. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the best women's test I've ever seen. And part of it is because uh, professionalisation has made the batters actually go 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 after it. Their ceilings are higher and they they, start, they take a more positive attitude. You know, it's not, it's just a fact that women used to play test cricket irregularly. And when they did, one side, it would very clearly become obvious, couldn't win. And when you told these players, well, you can't win, what would they do? They'd draw it. So the game became very boring for like two and a half days. Now, this time, we actually had some proactive bowlers who could do things that, you know, Eccleston can get you out because she can make the ball turn. She's got great height, good bowls at a good pace. Shafali Verma, who really 
I mean, she is a game-changing cricketer. Mm. She plays, the ball pinged off her bat. It mm. flew to boundaries on a it's quite a slow outfield where it was quite hard to hit boundaries. She was like, I've never seen any woman time a ball like her. I've not seen very many men time a ball like her. She's a truly extraordinary prodigy. She would change the face of women's cricket. And to put it in context, she off her own bat hit more sixes in this match than have ever been hit in, hit in an entire test match before. <laughs> she hit more sixes in her two innings and it's her only test match than any woman has ever hit in test match cricket in their entire careers. <laughs> there were more sixes hit. I know, these are, these are yeah. like mind-boggling figures. Yeah. More sixes were hit in this test match, obviously, uh, than in any other test match. Lauren Winfield Hill hit six before before lunch, hit two sixes before lunch on the first day. So, And these weren't small boundaries, genuinely, at, at, at Bristol for the test match. They, they kept the boundaries out. I would say there were four or five yards in mm. from um, where it would be for a men's four-day game. So you were just watching cricket of a higher quality than I've ever seen uh, women play before. There are things I've got gripes with, yes. A fifth day would be good. Um, I think they need to play with a Duke's ball in England. Um, it was a used pitch. But these all sort of pale into... I mean, and being a used pitch was was bad. It was bad optics yeah, shocking. at the start of the yeah, match. Yeah. But it was, it was. But actually, we came out of the game, we came out of those four days thinking, good grief, this is a format that can actually work when the best player, best teams are playing each other. Women's test cricket could be really exciting. It was a damn sight more exciting than the Laws Test match that England played against New Zealand, where England wouldn't go anywhere near 275 mm. and 75 overs, where negativity prevailed. There was genuine positivity in this, and there were some fantastic shots played. Um, and we were a bit stuck by the weather. It wasn't just the fifth day. You know, 45 overs are lost to rain. Uh, you can't have a four-day game that has rain interruptions. It, it, Finney will tell you, you know, county championship, if you're going to lose half a day to rain or, or or somewhere close to a day to rain, then it's really hard to manufacture a result in a two-innings match. So those are gripes, but it was it was sensational cricket to watch. Um, I, was, I was actually quite fortunate I wasn't at the World Test Championship final where yes. you, have to, you have to be in a bubble. The main bar isn't open, apparently, in, at the AGS oh. Bowl. So all you can do is listen to Aggers playing his goddamn sodding ukulele. Uh, on the balcony <coughs> while drinking I don't know neat gin <laughs> oh, <so>, uh, <laughs> uh, that, you know that's that's not my idea ball. of a good night out I'll be honest with you uh, yeah wonderful <laughs> wonderful test match and uh, as you say we should mention I don't know if you did but Shivali Verma is 17 years old I mean everything was flying off the middle of the bat so so good to watch and I know this sounds like a small thing but as an indicator of where the women's game is at. I was down at my cricket club on Saturday and at five o'clock, there was two Euros games being played and we had the TV on the England-India women's test match and everybody was absolutely glued to it. It was uh, it was such a good advert for the game. So yeah, very, very good to see. By the way, uh, Dan mentioned the World Test Championship final there. If you're listening to this podcast and going, they haven't spoken about it once, it's because at the time of recording, it's been pissing it down with rain and that they've only managed to complete a couple of days' play. It, hopefully, they get back out there because I could watch Carl Jameson bowl just because he's so handsome. Uh, more, but I, he's just unbelievably good to watch bowl. So fingers crossed that goes ahead. But we'll discuss that all next week. 
you know what Kyle is? Kyle is what Stephen could yet still be. It's just that Stephen is a kind of Spanish-based version of Carl. Carl Jameson looks like those old Nazi or Soviet posters, you know, like these like, proud men with a fork and there's a woman <laughs> with a hat on who's like got a big bag of vegetables and it's 1938. <laughs> That's Carl Jameson. And Finney is the dilettante Spanish version. <laughs> I think there's a compliment in there somewhere. Yeah, I can't decide. <laughs> might be the nicest thing. Might be the nicest thing Dan's ever said to me. <laughs> it's certainly up there. Uh, well, chaps, lovely to see you both. Um, and Finney, thanks for sorting out Sam Billings. Great guest. And Finney, keep on taking those wickets. Hashtag Finney for England. Hashtag Finney for England. Yeah. If Stevens isn't available. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, chaps. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.